G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. And as we delve into this week's topic, a reminder that some of the content may be of a sensitive nature. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. Well, welcome once again to Momentum all around Australia. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. You are with Tim and Des. And uh, Des, how are you this week, my friend? You well? As always, I'm really good. Ready for a really interesting subject today. Indeed, this is an interesting topic, kind of flowing off the back of last week. So if you missed last week, uh, check out the website after the show, of course, MomentumAustralia.org. And our special guest last week was uh, Richard Fay. We talked about depression. Today, we're broaching another similarly huge subject. One description is a feeling of embarrassment or humiliation that arises in relation to the perception of having done something dishonorable, immoral or improper that feeling is more commonly described as shame, and that's our topic today. Sometimes we uh, we feel at times, in particular something else, men, we can feel in uh, some areas we really struggle with behind closed doors and in our secret lives. So we want to lift the lid and open the door on shame this week with Richard Fay. Great to have you back, Richard. Lovely to be with you both. So let's start at the beginning. I mean, we're going to unpack this a fair bit. And, uh, you know, Brene Brown, for those of us who, who you know, have never heard of Brene Brown, she's key in this area of shame. Um, certainly get you to check out some of her stuff uh, after the show as well. But Richard, from your perspective, how do we describe shame? What's actually happening when we feel shame? Shame is a an experience of overwhelming inadequacy and wrongness within us, as if we have done something to violate something fundamental to our identity. Mm. It actually acts in our bodies as if we were facing some severe physical danger. It is that paralyzing and and instantaneous and all-defining. It usually causes us to go to a freeze response. And then we can get flushed with red in the face. We want to get small. We want the ground to open up and swallow us. We want anything but to be where we are in that moment. It's a devastating and overwhelming feeling. Now, there are high-level shame and low-level shame, and the low-level shame we'll also I'd also like to talk about today, but that's, that's that immediate full frontal assault of shame. It's a devastation that as if we're actually facing something that's going to threaten our lives. So what's the difference, uh, Richard, between shame and guilt? Because I think a lot of men would say they're the same thing. Yeah, there's actually a fundamental and profound difference. Guilt is I have done something wrong and I know what it is and I can make amends and I must make amends and I will make amends because I've acted outside my own values. Yeah. Shame says I am something wrong. I have acted in a way that confirms I am a bad person. I am wrong. I am bad. I deserve punishment. I am uh, loathsome, disgusting. I can't let anyone see who I actually am because who I actually am 
will be rejected and judged as bad. Wow. Okay. So can I ask off the back of that then, Richard? I mean, this is great stuff. But um, can I ask then, uh, and I mentioned in the the description at the beginning, uh, the word embarrassment. So is shame different from embarrassment? Is it just a greater case of embarrassment? Is there a difference between the two? I'll tell you why they sometimes feel the same. For example, say suddenly, you know, you're a kid in class and the teacher says, Johnny up the back, you have done an outstanding job. I want you to stand in front of the whole class. The whole class is going to give you an applause because you got 100 out of 100 in this mass test. And Johnny suddenly sheepishly ends up in front of the class, bright red in his face, terribly embarrassed. The spotlight's on him, but everyone's just affirming him. Hmm. Now, that's embarrassment, but it's not shame. Hmm. And why it can feel like shame, and listen, this is careful that you get this, Our first identity and our primary identity is not individual. It is collective. In other words, I exist within community. In other words, my primary identity is to belong. And that Mm. kid up the front of the class that everyone's clapping suddenly is separate from the tribe. He's exposed as other from the tribe and as a child, he's feeling embarrassed because the spotlight and focus is on him much like a zebra doesn't want to be away from the herd because something terrible could happen, this child is really bewildered by being having the spotlight put on him. Now, shame is the same but devastating. It's like that, that the inverse of that. It's like the teacher dragging Johnny up to the front of the class and say, I'm going to let the whole class know how bad Johnny is and what, John, and what Johnny did. Hmm. The emotional feeling, the flushed face, The wanting to disappear, wishing they weren't there was the same, except it's now uh, devastation. Hmm. And it's actually a really constructive emotion. For example, if you're three years old and you're running running out towards a road and mum or dad says, you stop that right where you are right now, you will not run under that road or else. And, of course, the child doesn't understand anything except that parent knows if I can't stop the child right now, the child could get hit by a car. And so what the parent does is speak in such an abrupt and immediate manner that tells the child, if I do anything more, if I run onto this road, I am outside the tribe. I am acting in a way that violates my primary identity and my primary identity is to belong. So I freeze and it keeps me alive. Wow. So that's actually, you understand now, shame in that context is necessary. Shame is a, not necessarily a, a bad emotion. Shame is what keeps us all from being psychopaths because <laughs> psychopaths don't feel shame. And sociopaths, <laughs> yeah. they don't feel shame because they don't feel this fear if I violate what the tribe's rules or what the the, the need to belong says, the, the psychopath and the, and the sociopath, they're complete individualists. They care mm. nothing for the tribe. Yeah. They care only for themselves. Mm. And, and it's so important because I would want to go now when we connect all this up, I say this to men so often, what is your primary identity? Yeah. I'll ask you two men. Either one of you can answer. What is your primary identity? Go ahead, Deb. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say, you know, and it sounds uh, Christianese, but uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a child of God. You're a beloved son yeah. of God. Yeah. 
Why is that so important? Well, the first thing is, is you didn't construct it. It was gifted to you. Mm. And I don't care whether you're an atheist or, you know, a, a banner-waving follower of Jesus. You cannot create your own identity. Otherwise, mm. it's subjected to shame all the time because I've just proven that our primary identity is relational. Mm. Yes. And it therefore has to be gifted to us. Mm. So we need to know it's gifted to us and therefore, and because I'm a beloved son of God, it's not something I constructed. It's something gifted to me and it's therefore unconditional. It's not based on my performance or my achievement. And of course, that's why guilt is based on my performance or my achievement. I can fix that because Mm. undergirding it is a sense of worth and value gifted to me. My identity is secure. Richard, I just want to go back a tick. I mean, there's so much we could unpack in this, and we will. We'll continue that part of the conversation. But I just want to jump back to one of the first things you said, and there you said that there was a low-level shame and a high-level shame. Yes. So can you give us the distinction between the two? Yeah, the high-level shame is instantaneous, overwhelmingly flooded with a sense of paralysis. As I said, freeze. And what happens then is, for example, uh someone confronts us aggressively and we fear, we, we fear is our first response, and then we go into freeze state, often because, like, say the boss goes, you haven't got this in time, I give you a deadline and you haven't met the deadline and that employee freezes. And then he feels incompetent because he froze, his mind goes blank, he can't think straight. He thinks he go. He drives home and goes, what an idiot I am. I'm so stupid. <laughs> I didn't give any explanation to the boss. I didn't stand up to him shouting at me. I don't even stand up for myself. I'm pathetic. You understand where, where shame can actually create more shame. So the immediate shame was the paralysis, the freeze, not feeling like he can actually challenge this situation. Hmm. Then the low-level shame is what happens later on the internal self-talk, the feelings that I've stuffed up, the the, the, the sense of uh, judging and, and punishing yourself for not doing something in a situation when you know you could have or should have stepped up or spoken up. Right. So low-level shame breeds, it seeps out in us. Uh, it, it causes men to be silent when they should speak up. It causes men to shrink back when there are opportunities to stand up. It causes men to apologise. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Appease mm. when they should challenge. It, it causes men to diminish themselves. That's the low-level shame and it becomes background noise. And it's funny, you know, I have tried for 10 years as a therapist to get men to see if they could identify shame and they never can, never can. They can identify almost every other emotion except shame because it is so all-encompassing and so all-defining. It's like like tinnitus, you know, the ringing in our ears. Mm -hmm. We don't even notice it until it's silent. Mm. Yes. That's when shame will show up, when the wife's gone to bed and, and, and they're exhausted and they won't even go to their wife for intimacy because they're afraid their wife will be disappointed in them. So where do they go? Shame is now fueling so often porn. Yeah. Oh, so often porn. Do you know we think porn creates shame? No, 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 no. Shame creates porn. Yeah. Wow. Shame is hiding from our partners. And so we then go to some two-dimensional video or image 
And then, of course, what it does is it reinforces the shame. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's so much in this and we're only halfway through the show. So we're going to take a short break and uh, come back and uh, continue to talk about this topic of shame. And Richard, one thing you said there was guys really struggle with identifying this. So let's get into that on the other side of this coin. How can men listening perhaps identify that they might be feeling this? And most importantly, how do we combat these feelings as men? You're listening to Momentum. Quick point to our website as we take a short break, MomentumAustralia.org. And we'll be back to continue this conversation with Richard Fay on shame right here on Momentum. Stay tuned. This is Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Well, welcome back to this week's show all around Australia. You are listening to Momentum, and we really, really appreciate having you here. We also really appreciate having our special guest, Richard Fay, with us once again. MomentumAustralia.org, by the way, is our website, and richardfay.com.au. Check out Richard's uh, website after the show. Hey, today we're unpacking this massive topic of shame. And, you know, Richard, in the first part of the show, you mentioned that one of the, the key things with men is that they really struggle to identify this particular emotion of shame. They're pretty good at identifying most others, but this one, for some reason, we struggle with. So just recap, perhaps, why that is, and then tell us how then, as men, do we start identifying that what we're feeling is actually shame and not another emotion? It's funny. Shame gets buried so deep inside us, even more so with men than women, because it's a violation of what society tells us that a man should be strong, powerful, able to provide, always in control, always having an answer, being certain about everything. All of those things aren't what a man is, but that's what society tells us a man should always be. And so shame gets buried so deep. And because shame is so all-consuming, it says, I am bad Hmm. or I'm not good enough. Yeah. That's what shame says, at least at the felt level. And that's too devastating to access. So unconscious, it sits there in the unconscious. Our conscious awareness would never go near it. And so we would deny it. Oh, no, 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 I've got no shame. Well, isn't it funny? We even use the word, oh, you're shameless. Uh, That's Mm. someone who's shameless acts shamefully. Isn't that weird? (laughs) It's right there in the language. Uh, Shame is a very necessary, as I described earlier on, a necessary survival emotion. Sometimes I say to clients, just imagine you're little and mum and dad are fighting and then dad turns to you and says, get out of my sight. Well, what does that child feel? Shame. Uh, And what does shame tell them? To be small, to hide, to be invisible. What a shame there for a piece of genius on behalf of that little boy because it says, I will keep you safe from harm. Mm. The cost is I will rob you of any worth or value. Mm. But why does it do that? You see, because the child then believes there's something wrong with me, otherwise mum and dad wouldn't fight. Yeah. I'm just giving an example. Mm. If I have actually no power to fix it because I'm small and little and weak and young, 
then I've got to find whatever power I can get. And the most available power is to make myself bad rather than to say that teacher or that older sibling or that mum or dad are bad because I need them. They're obviously bigger and more powerful than me. So making myself bad means that if I could be better, if I could be, if I could do more, if I could achieve more with my power, if I could be stronger, then this wouldn't happen, which means I get agency. In other words, I get control over something really distressing. And if I can Mm -hmm. get control over something really distressing or believe I can, then I've got my power back Mm. because it's all the only way in which I can because everyone needs agency and their environment may not be giving them agency. And so weirdly, shame gives a child, a boy, power. But the cost of that, of course, it doesn't. It's a perception of power. And that boy ends up going, well, I've got to earn more money because I haven't got enough or I've got to get another degree because I haven't got enough. I know someone who got a PhD because the teacher said to them, you'll never amount to anything. Wow. And so wow. they ended up getting a PhD and realised shame had fueled their PhD hmm. wow. because they had to prove that teacher wrong because they thought it was true because the teacher said it when they were eight years old. Then they're now in their mid-40s with a PhD and they realise they put all this effort in because of shame, <laughs> isn't that? Wow. And they only knew at the moment they got their PhD. Wow. Yeah. I've got to be, get a bigger house. I've got to, whatever it is, I'm, and look at how men will compete and the competitiveness, the, the bodybuilder or the whatever, he's got to be stronger because he's weak. He, he's got to be buff because his body's pathetic. Just Mm. listen how shame can create an endless cycle of achievement and performance. And actually it's fueled out of a childhood that says you're not enough or there's something wrong with you just to survive. And it's the only way you could survive back then. So, Richard, on a final thought, you, you mentioned there that this is a process and that requires men to get into a space, let's be honest, that is tricky for some men to to sit with internal conflict what's the long-term effects of that well the first one is boldness sorry i'm joking (laughs) (laughs) then we're all guilty (laughs) (laughs) But, but actually quite seriously it's not boldness but it is all kinds of illness sickness uh aging but also depression anxiety stress uh addiction ways in which we medicate the feelings of not being enough, of being bad or wrong, and we don't even know we're doing it. I talked about porn earlier. We end up going towards the very things that reinforce the shame to try and get rid of the shame, and and you can't do that because it just reinforces it. And then that's often the first test of shame is to be able, like I said earlier, to be able to say as soon as you notice it, within a few minutes or seconds to go, I stuffed up. To go towards your partner and go, you need to know something I've been hiding from you for years. Believing, oh, that'll blow up the marriage. Well, actually, the marriage needs to either be blown up or healed, but it, but it's toxic right now. It's cold and distant. And if you don't go to your spouse and tell them the, the lie that you've been hiding for decades, you are writing your future in a terrible way. And the, the thing is, is the longer we hold on to that, the worse the shame gets. And the shame says, I can't tell now. Yeah. Hmm. And, and how freeing it is, initially very painful, very painful. But the moment you break that open and allow that pain in, 
and acknowledge that your shame shut you down and prevented you from saying it. Now look what it does. It opens a whole your whole life up eventually once you get past the fear. That's powerful. Richard, can I just say as we wrap this up this week, um, when we thought about this subject and when we started the show half an hour ago thereabouts, I, I did not expect to go on the journey that we went on. And there's been so much that you brought to our attention around this idea of shame. And hopefully for the men listening as well, that uh, it, it's just brought a whole new perspective to this. And guys listening, can I encourage you to re-listen to this and last week's episode around depression because I think the two are kind of quite closely linked as well. And you can do that at MomentumAustralia.org. I'm pointing you to Richard's website too, richardfay.com.au. Richard Fay has been our special guest over the last couple of weeks. And Richard, man, there's so much in the last couple of weeks. We are in your debt as to what you've just signed into the men listening throughout Momentum. So thank you so much for being a part of it. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to Momentum a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.